In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Blessed Lent, and today the Gospel is from Matthew chapter 4. Actually, this Gospel is written in two places, in Matthew chapter 4 and in... Luke chapter 4. The gospel was from Matthew chapter 4, and actually the Matins gospel from Luke chapter 4. And this gospel is so like important to us as Christians, because in this gospel, we see that our Lord Jesus Christ is victorious against the temptations of the evil one. And it is through His victory... It is through His strength that we can overcome temptation in our life. This time of Lent, this time of Lent, is a time of war. It's a war time. It is a time to battle against Satan and against his evil army. It is a time for us to go into the wilderness. For us to go into the wilderness, to have our quiet time, to find our solitude with God. It is a time for self-reflection. It's a time for loneliness. It's a time for us to battle Satan by ourselves, each one of us, to battle Satan. And Satan and, and light are in a battle for our heart and for our minds. It's a battle of the inner thoughts of man. So Lent is not just about giving up food. It's a battle against Satan. It's a battle against all the evil temptations that we face. And one thing we know is that everyone, everyone is tempted. No one is above temptation. Everyone is tempted. Even the great Saint Anthony, he said, Whoever has not experienced temptation cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You say, why, why was the Lord Jesus Christ tempted? Whoever has not experienced temptation cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And without temptation, without temptation, no one can be saved. So actually, temptation is a means for your salvation. That's why today I want to speak to you about temptation. I want to to speak about three steps to conquer temptation. The first step to conquer temptation is to realize who the enemy is. Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu is a Chinese military general who lived 500 BCE. He wrote a famous book called The Art of War. And in The Art of War, there's a very famous quote. He says, Know thy enemy and know thyself. Know thy enemy and know thyself. And in a hundred battles, you will never be defeated. There is a trend in society these days to deny the work of the evil one. And just the world doesn't believe in devil and demons. It believes this is all just mythical stuff that we see in the cartoons and in the movies. And the irony is even the Satanists, the people who worship Satan, they deceptively, they deceptively claim that Satan doesn't exist. The Satanists who worship Satan, they deceptively claim that Satan doesn't exist. Although they know very well that Satan does exist. It's it's painful to even say that, that statement, that people worship the evil one. But in recent times, Satan has done a great job in concealing himself. 
concealing himself so that people can say, no, he doesn't exist. And he conceals himself in the media. He conceals himself in the music. He conceals himself in the movies, in the shows, in drugs, in video games. And in the end, people say, there's no devil. And it's, and it's, it's not that bad. Or these things aren't that bad. It's not that bad because you don't see behind the scenes. But if you were able to shoot behind the scenes to see who is orchestrating all of this, you would see the devil and his minions. The evil one is using every possible means to distract us from the spiritual life, to implant sinful thoughts and lustful thoughts in our minds, to take us away from every good thing, God, prayer, and his scripture. That's the primary work of the devil. So everything that takes you away from prayer, that takes you away from scripture, that takes you away from the love of God, know that this is not from God. This is from the evil one. The irony is that after all of these lies, oh, Satan doesn't exist. And after all the addictions that we face, the, the irony is, is that we know evil exists. Does evil exist? Do you believe that evil exists? Or evil doesn't exist? No, evil exists, and everybody knows evil exists. But then at the same time we say, no, there is no Satan, or there is no evil force that is, is planting these evil ideas in our heads. Society would rather believe that evil is internal and not external. And many believe that the devil is not tempting me, but I am tempting myself. And this is half true. This is half true. Even St. James, he says, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. But who is the one that planted the desires from the beginning? And who is the one that is actively seeking to entice us to sin? It is the devil. The devil is actively tempting us, just as he tempted the Lord Jesus Christ in the gospel of today. Some people would like to say the gospel today is allegorical. It's just an allegory. And that Jesus was having thoughts of hunger and all of this dialogue and stuff was just like thoughts in our head or thoughts in his head. But this was not allegorical. The devil took him up on a... High mountain, this wasn't in, in the mind, and told him to jump. When he said, turn these stones to bread, this is not a mind. This was actual dialogue, actual person. So anyone who believes that this is all allegorical and just mind tricks and mind whatever, no, there is a reality to the temptation that, that Satan brings. That's why St. Peter, in his epistle, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a, a roaring lion, a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is not just mind tricks and mind, a roaring lion. We need to know our enemy. If you want to defeat your enemy, you need to know your enemy. And that's why these temptations were recorded in the gospel. So that we could know our enemy. That we could know our enemy. I don't think that these three temptations were the only three times that Satan tempted the Lord. Actually, if you read the other gospel, gospel Mark, it says the whole 40 days Jesus was in the wilderness, he was being 
tempted. But the gospel recorded these three because these three show us how the Lord was victorious over temptation. It gives us the lesson on how we can become victorious in temptation. St. Augustine, he says, Therefore Christ was tempted that the, Christian might not, that the Christian might not be overcome by the tempter. Christ was tempted that the Christian might not be overcome by the tempter. If you want to overcome temptation, you need to acknowledge and know your enemy. Know who the devil is. The devil is the enemy of mankind. We call the Lord we call him the lover of mankind. The devil is the enemy of mankind. Sun Tzu also taught us the second way to overcome temptation. He said, know your enemy and know, know yourself. Know yourself. Notice that when Satan was tempting the Lord, he asked the Lord twice, if you are... The Son of God. If you are the Son of God. The Lord was questioning the identity of the Lord. And oftentimes when Satan comes to tempt us, he tempts us by questioning our identity. To get us to fall into sin. But what is our identity? Our identity. Satan said, if you are the Son of God, we are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. This is our identity. And the sons of God do not sin. The sons of God do not sin. That's why actually in the Catholic epistle today it said, He who breaks just one part of the law has broken the entire law. Everything. And that's why St. John in his epistle he says, Whoever has been born of God, whoever has been born of God, if you are a son of God, it says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. The sons of God, into sons of God, then you should know that sin is contrary to our nature. It is against our nature. When we sin, we are acting against our own nature. This new nature that we speak of, this is not just for... The priest. I want to say, oh, no, this level of godliness is only for the priest or only for the deacons who are dressed in white. No, this level, this nature is for everyone. This nature is for everyone. We got this nature in... In baptism. So we should all have the same tolerance for sin. We should all have the same tolerance for sin, which is no tolerance for sin. Zero. I cannot tolerate sin in my life because it's against my nature. It is against who I am. In the same way, that's like Christ, He cannot sin. It's against His nature. And when Christ gave us His nature, then sin, I cannot sin. It is against my nature. Living in sin, that is against my nature. In the same way, oil and water do not mix. They do not mix. Why? Because they have different natures. Different natures. But, and water repels oil, and oil repels water and they don't like each other 
But if you alter the identity of water, if you alter the identity of water just a tad bit, if you add just a little bit soap to your water, the water now can mix very well with the oil. The soap is effective. You know why soap is effective? Chemistry lesson. Get ready. Soap is effective because it's bipolar. It's bipolar. That's the scientific term for it. And it also works in the spiritual sense. Is that it has both sides. It is water loving and it is oil loving. And in the same way, soap is very problematic in the spiritual life. If you are God loving and sin-loving, and you just add a little bit of soap into your, your water, you are water, pure water, you add a little bit of soap to your life, a little bit of God, a little bit of sin, and then you will find that you can dissolve a lot of sin in your life. But this is against your nature. This is against your nature. And that's why the Christian has to be very careful about this, oh, just a little bit of sin in my life. Just a little bit. Just, it's not a big deal. But this little bit opens the door for all the oil and all the sin to come into our life. How would you, if you wanted to purify the water, after it has dissolved so much oil, what would you do? No? You need to... Add more water. Once you add more water, the oil, depending on your proportions, your concentration and your volumes, whatever, either the oil will start to separate on its own, or it will be concealed and covered in the water. How do we add water to our water? <laughs> You add water by calling upon the grace of God to reaffirm your identity as a son of God. And when you do this, the grace of God will come upon you and then dissolve everything, absolve everything. Love will cover a multitude of, of sins. I love what St. John Chrysostom says. He has a beautiful saying. I've said it to you before, but I'm going to say it again. It says, when the flesh solicits you, when the, the flesh solicits you, say, I am a son of God. I am a son of God. I am born to greater things than to be a slave of appetite. It says, when the world tempts you, reply, I am a son of God. Notice St. John, every time he says... How are you going to reply to the temptations? You say, I am son of God. I am a son of God destined for heavenly treasures. It is beneath me to seek a morsel of white or red earth. And when Satan offers me pomp and honor, I say, get behind me, Satan. For as being son and heir of God and born for a heavenly kingdom, I trample all worldly honor under my feet. St. John Chrysostom is saying, remember your identity. If you want to conquer, your, conquer temptation, remember that you are a son of God. 
Another way we can conquer temptation in knowing ourselves is to know and understand my weakness. To understand my weakness. Because I know my weakness, I will be careful about the environments that will exploit my weakness. I love what Solomon, he says in the Proverbs, Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? That's why we pray, lead us not into temptation. The first verse in the gospel of today, it says that Jesus Christ was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So you see there's two ways to go into temptation. One is that you could be led by the Spirit into temptation. Or you could be led by your carnal desires. By your lust. When you pray in the, Lord, pray, when you pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. You are praying against the carnal desires. Do not let the carnal desires lead me into temptation. The devil is always looking to exploit our weakness. And that's why the devil came to the Lord when he was most hungry, most hungry, and asked him to turn a few stones into bread. But notice that the Lord, he doesn't negotiate with the suggestions of the devil. You know, there's three like stages of temptation. The three stages of temptation are suggestion, delight, and consent. Suggestion, delight, and consent. The devil makes a suggestion. Does this suggestion then delight you? If it delights you, you are more likely to consent. And that's why the Christian is warring at every stage. The Christian is warring and working to eliminate the suggestion of sin, even the suggestion of sin. Because that can be in my control. Some of the suggestion by what I watch, where I am, who I hang out with, all of those things, those things are within my control. So the Christian is warring against all the suggestions of sin. Then... The, war, the, the Christian is warring against the delight of sin. That's why the Christian needs to find sin repulsive. To find sin repulsive. That's why the Christian hates sin. Hates sin. The Christian abhors sinful things. Because sin is enmity with... Sin is enmity with God. The, the Christian may have consented to sin, may have consented to sin, but that is why confession is so important. Because confession is saying what? I consented to sin, but I don't consent to sin anymore. I don't consent to sin anymore. I recognize my weakness. I know myself to be a sinner. I'm seeking to separate the oil from my life, the sin from my life. I want the grace of God to come into my life. I want the water to fill my cup to purify me. The second step to conquer temptation is to 
Know yourself. Know yourself. The third step to conquer temptation is to seek power from above. To seek power from above. St. Paul, in his epistle to the Corinthians, he said, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he, lest he fall. How do you seek the power from above? The devil is a spiritual being. And the war that we are fighting is on the spiritual realm. And we are physical. And even, you remember the, like the angels in the story of the Old Testament, when they went out to war, one angel he could kill, like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of men. Just one angel just goes around, gone, done. So the angels and the spiritual being on a different level than us flesh. So there is no way that one in the flesh can stand against the evil one. That's why it's so important to call upon the grace of God, to call upon the Holy Spirit in our life. It is the Holy Spirit working in us that gives us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and upon all the power of the enemy. There is no way to conquer addiction. There is no way to conquer sin aside from the Holy Spirit. All the self-help books, all the self-whatever, that's all great and dandy and great. But it will not be able to defeat the spiritual. You need the Holy Spirit to conquer the spiritual. That's why I love when before the Feast of the Pentecost, the Lord said you will receive power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I also love that at the end of the temptations, what is written? The very last verse of the temptations, it's written that the angels came and ministered to him. Even the Lord, the angels came to minister to him. And the same is true for us. When we are struggling against temptation, we should call upon the angels to come and minister to us. That's what St. Paul says in Hebrews. Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those? To minister for those who will inherit salvation? So each one of us should call upon the angels, to call upon our guardian angel, to call upon the great saints. I love when I hear the story of when some people, they pray at night, it says that the saints come and they join in their prayer. The saints are encouraging us in the way of godliness. When we're singing the liturgy, the angels are joining us, encouraging us in the life of godliness. When we get stuck, we should call upon this heavenly power of the angels. There's one story that I'll end with in the Paradise of Desert Fathers. It says, an old man was asked, What should a man do in all the temptations and evil thoughts that come upon him? It's a good question. What should a man do when all the temptations, all the evil thoughts come upon him? The old man said to him, He should weep and implore the goodness of God to come to his aid. He should implore the goodness of God to come to his aid. For it is written, With the Lord on my side, I do not fear what man can do to me. The, the wisdom of the paradise of the desert father said, I will call upon the Lord. And that's why the psalm of today, what was the psalm about today? It said, my heart said, your face, O Lord, I will seek. I will seek the Lord. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me. Do not forsake me. O God of my salvation. 
The Christian should know first, should know the enemy, should know themselves and their weaknesses, and to call upon God in their weakness. In this way, we can be victorious over temptation. St. James, he says a very beautiful verse in, in his epistle. He says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he is approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Temptation is for us to receive the crown of life. Remember these three, three, three things, and we can have victory over temptation. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.